verse. <laughs> Just know it's connected by the anchor of the soul. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. In the book of John this morning, chapter 8. John chapter 8. Roll <laughs> your telephone. Center is never busy. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. If you dare say amen. have allergies, but I guess it's growing on me. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law command us that such should be stoned. But what says thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continue asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those dying accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She says, No man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Amen. And I want to speak to you for a moment from this thought. Don't mistake the silence. Don't mistake the silence. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you again today for your goodness, your presence, Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us, O oh God. Fill us with your love, God, that when we leave this place, we know we have been revived, O oh God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Amen. Don't mistake the silence. One of the things you find in counsel is you got to know, as they say, when to speak and when to be quiet. They say a lot of people could save themselves a lot of trouble if they knew when to speak, and when to be silent. Amen. Some people, they say, are like an old refrigerator. Can't keep nothing. <laughs> Amen. So we have to learn how to speak. Matter of fact, Solomon tells us in the book of Ecclesiastics 3.7, he said there's a time to speak and there's a time to keep silent. Amen. There's a time to speak and there's a time 
to keep silent. We have to realize that, that we do not mistake God's silence as well. Daniel, when we look at the book of Daniel, we know that Daniel had a dream and Daniel gets many visions of, of what is taking place, but God is silent and there's nothing being told him about the vision and about the dream that he sees. And so Daniel is beginning to be somewhat concerned, but after 21 days, the Bible tells us in the 10th chapter that the angel shows up and he says to Daniel, Daniel, from day one that you set your face towards heaven to know the matter, we heard you. He says, but I was in a battle with the prince of Persia, and I couldn't get away. And then Michael, the archangel, came and helped me. And now I am come to make known to you the matter. Amen. It seemed like it was silent and that God was not involved and that God didn't really care but. When the angel showed up, he told them from day one that you set your face. We heard you. Amen. But I had another matter that I was dealing with. Uh, but now I am come to make known you to matter. Amen. I come to tell you today. Amen. If you've been praying for God to, to answer your prayer, maybe you have cast your cares uh, upon the Lord and you've asked God uh, to help you in situations and it seems like it's not coming in your way and it hasn't come your way yet. I come to tell you today, don't throw in the towel and don't give up. Amen. Just because the silence is taking place from heaven, don't mistake the silence. Amen. Because He will come. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, cast not away your confidence, uh, which have great recompense of reward. You have need of patience uh, that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet in a little while he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now the just have got to live by faith. Amen. Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He will show up on time. Amen. We cannot mistake the silence. Amen. Joseph brothers, uh, as you look at, we know the story how they sold Joseph into slavery and they sold him into prison and, and they con- uh, concoct a, a scheme to, to make it seem as though a wild animal had killed Joseph. Uh, and can you just imagine all those years of Jacob uh, wondering and thinking about Joseph and Joseph is missing. Uh, they come to the dinner table. They come to the breakfast table and Joseph is missing. They see the hardness and and the sorrow upon their father's face. Uh, And I'm still trying to figure out how those brothers could sit there knowing that their brother is alive somewhere. But yet they told their dad, amen, that their brother was dead and amen. And they had their scheme that they had planned. And I'm sure as you look at 
Scripture, you find that Joseph was young when they sold him into captivity. And most of the brothers was somewhat young when they sold him into captivity. But as you follow Scripture and as you look through Scripture, they begin to get married. They got their own families, uh, Judah and, and Reuben and all of them. They have their own families. So you see the time progress. Uh, it seems like God is silent uh, and all of what has taken place. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, there's a famine uh, that God sends a famine into the land. And now they have to go into Egypt. And their brothers goes into Egypt and it's revealed now that Jacob, uh, to Jacob that his son, the one he's missing, is still alive. Amen. But I come to tell you, don't mistake the silence. Amen. Because God is going to show up. Uh, God is going to come through. Amen. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Amen. In His time, He will make all things beautiful in His time. Amen. Don't let your... Because God is silent. Don't allow wickedness. and Don't allow sin and don't allow evil to pull you away from the things of God. This is what we see is happening to so many. Amen. Today. Amen. They they've asked God and they prayed to God, but God hasn't come through yet. And so it's easy for them to, to turn back to the world and to return away and, and go their own way and not follow the ordinances and the power and the word of Almighty God. Solomon must tell us in Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11 to 13, he says, because a sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the hearts of the Son of Man is fully set to do evil. He says, but I want you to understand. He says, even though they do a hundred times and God prolongs their days, He says, I want you to know something. He says, it's going to be well with you as long as you stay righteous. As long as you keep doing what is right. He says, it's going to be alright. Even though there's silence. He says, you're going to be okay as long as you do right. He says, but not the wicked. He said the wicked, amen, in the 13th, he says it's not going to be well with the wicked because God is going to cut them off, amen. The wicked think they're getting away, but they're not getting away with anything. So don't mistake the silence. Don't mistake that God doesn't observe and knows what is going on all the time. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. God knows what is happening. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong. Amen. He sees. He knows. And He understands. So do not mistake the silence. David felt that the silence from God after he had sinned with Bathsheba and had her husband's kill. Amen. Was okay. After the word that he got 
the word from Joab that Uriah was dead. David probably felt, I can kick back. I can enjoy my sin for a season. But it was a time period. And then all of a sudden, the prophet shows up at his house. And in those days, when the prophet showed up, they know he was coming in God's stead. And when David invited Nathan into his house, he probably thought it's going to be pretty good. I've been singing praise. I've been enjoying the things of God, the victories of God. But this day, silence was being broken about his sin. Amen. It was not what David wanted to hear. He probably felt he had gotten away. I got a clean slate now. But no, not with God. I can probably feel him saying, I don't care now who finds out what I did. But when God finds out, when God calls you your card, then you know it's kind of like the guy, kind of like Belshazzar when his, the handwriting was on the wall. His knees started beating against each other. Amen. He didn't know what to do. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, don't mistake God's silence. Amen. Because he will, amen, come through. He's going to show up when you least expect it. Amen. The Solomon, amen, began to say just cause a Sin is not executed speedily. He says, don't you get off the track. He says, don't you go following after the wrong way. Just because you think somebody is getting away with wrong. Just because you think somebody is getting away with sin. He says, oh no. He says, God is going to come through. He's going to show up. It's not going to be well with the wicked. David would write in Psalms 50 and verse 17, Seeing thou hatest instructions and cast at my word behind thee when thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him and hast been partaker with idolaters. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, thy tongue framed deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanders thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silent. Uh, thou thought that I was altogether such uh, as one of thyself, uh, but I will reprove thee, he says. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to rebuke you, God says, uh, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, uh, ye that forget God, be lest I tear you in pieces. And there be none to deliver. Don't forsake the silence. <laughs> God says, I was silent. And you thought I was the one like you. He says, oh no. He says, don't mistake it. You need to consider lest I come and tear you in pieces. Wow. Don't mistake the silence. Praise God. Job, we know in the book of Job, amen, 
when Job had his calamities and the things came against him, you find you only hear Satan in the first two chapters. <laughs> but after the rest of the chapters, you don't, you don't hear a thing, amen, of Satan. And you don't hear anything of God other than God and Satan from the beginning. Now think about this. All you hear is Job's friends accusing him. Job's wife accusing him. Job trying to defend himself. Amen. Silence from God. Out of all those chapters, I don't know how many years Job went through what he went through. I don't know how many days Job went through what he went through. I don't know how many months he went through what he went through. But I do know this, uh, that in the end, God stepped in. After all that silence, God stepped in. And he says, who is this that darkened counsel without understanding and without knowledge? Gird up thy loins like a man, and I will inquire of you. God began to hit him with some hard questions. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you, amen, when I set the compass in the motion? Where were you when I told the oceans it can come this far and no more? Where were you when I told the waves they cannot proceed this point? Where were you when I set Orion's and I the, the constellation out there, the seven stars. He says, where were you when I did all this? He said, do you know the hour when the calf is going to calve? Do you know why an ostrich hide her eggs in the earth and walk away and don't worry about them? Amen. He began to hit some hard questions. Four chapters. God is hitting nothing but questions. His silence is now broken. And in the end, in the 42nd chapter, God turned to Eliphaz and he says, I am angry with you because you have not spoken against me, about me, as my servant Job did. And God says, I tell you what you better do. You better go get a sacrifice. You better go to Job. You better have him pray for you before, as he said in Psalms, before I tear you in pieces. Don't mistake his silence. Don't mistake his silence. Peter, in Second Peter 3, amen, he said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. He says, one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men's crown slackness, but he's long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In other words, what Peter is saying is God is trying to give everybody a chance. He's trying to give every life a chance to turn around and to come to Him because God has no pleasure in the death of people. Amen. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Peter says, God is not slack concerning His promise. He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but 
said that all should come to repentance. He says, but I want you to know something. He says, the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night and which the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and all the works that are therein is going to be burned up. He says, I want you to understand God is delaying. God is trying to give us a chance to get it all right, to be ready for His coming because He's coming. He says everything Paul wrote about in the epistles is the coming of the Lord. All Paul's epistles is to try to keep you and I on track to stay focused on God because the Lord is going to descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those of us that remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words. He says but the earth now is going to melt with fervent heat. This is why Jesus says don't put treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break in and steal but lay up treasures in heaven for where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Jesus says you don't know the moment of the hour when the Son of Man is going to come. He says that the good man of the house had known in what hour the thief was going to come, he would have watched. He says, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your father does come. We need to be alert, looking for and hasten for the coming of the Lord. And Peter goes on in the 11th verse, in Second Peter 3, 11, and he says, the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief. He says, seeing now that all these things should be dissolved, what manner of persons are you and I to be in all holy behavior and godliness looking for and hasten for the soon coming of the Lord? What manner of persons ought we to be in our behavior? What manner of persons ought we to be in our livelihood? What manner of persons should we be knowing that God is trying to give us a chance? Knowing that God is trying to prepare a place for us to get there. Don't go to the world. Don't go back. Amen. Because He has an answer yet. He's coming. He hears you. Your answer is in the way. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel just because it's silent. Hold on. Amen. Don't mistake His silence. He's coming. Peter says He's just trying to give us a chance to get ready. And so Peter says, we know what's going to happen. We know this earth is going to melt away. He says, what should we be doing? Just because it doesn't seem he's came. I've been hearing he's coming ever since I've been in the church. The, the Lord... The Lord said through Amos in Amos 5, he says, there's coming a day that I'm going to send a famine upon the land. He says, it's not going to be a famine for bread. It's not going to be a famine for water, but it's going to be a famine for hearing the word 
of God. And scripture says, and the scholar says, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence. Nothing from God. They heard nothing from God for 400 years. But Paul would write, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a man, made under the law, to redeem us that was under the law, that we might become the heirs of salvation. 400 years without nothing from God, but he had not forgot his promise. In the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and handmaidens will I pour out of that day of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've come to tell you today, don't mistake the silence. Asa says in the 73 Psalms, he says, God is good to Israel. He says, but as for me, he says, my feet almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They're not in bands like we are. They're not going through things like we are sometime. He says, until I went into the sanctuary, when I went into the house of God, he says, I realized, God, you have set them in slippery places. Amen. He said, they're just on a slippery slope and they don't even know it. He says, I was almost foolish. I almost went that way myself. He said, but I went to church. I got in the church house. I understood that, God, you've got them in slippery places. But I'm going to be all right. God, I'm going to be okay as long as I stay righteous. As long as I stay in the house of God. Because this earth is going to pass away. And everything in it. Amen. Don't mistake his silence. He's going to come. He's on the main line. Just tell him what you want. Just call him up and tell him what you want. When they brought that woman caught in adultery and put her in front of Jesus, amen, this is Master Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. He didn't say a word, but just wrote on the ground. They mistook his silence. And they just kept prompting him and kept prompting him. Jesus says, okay, you want to be the judge? Let me judge you. Since I'm the all-righteous judge, you without sin cast the first stone. (laughs) Don't mistake his silence. Don't judge because we're all going to be judged. Amen. See, they misunderstood the law because the law said they both should be stoned. And they says that we caught him. We caught her in the very act. Well, where's the guy? <laughs> Amen. So Jesus set this into motion. And after they walked away, he turned to her. And he says, woman, where's your accusers? Has nobody accused you? She says, none, Lord. He says, neither do I. He says, go and sin no more. See, because that's what he came for is to turn people around.
That's the overall purpose of the gospel is to turn people around. He died that we might live. Amen. And this is what he desires. Amen. Don't mistake his silence. Amen. Don't don't give up for what you've asked of him. I know the things you have needed before you ever asked of me. But walk by faith. When the woman with the alabaster box, when Mary walked into that house and came in behind Jesus and began to wash his feet, Jesus was, he was silent. Did not say a word. Simon, thinking inside of his head, says, if he knew what type woman this is that's touching him, he wouldn't be letting her touch him. She's a sinner. This is what he's thinking in his head. But Jesus broke his silence. <laughs> he said, Simon, I want to ask you a question. He said there was a creditor and he had two debtors. One owed 50 pence and one owed 500. He says when they didn't have, both didn't have a thing to pay. He says, which one of them? He, he forgave them both. Now tell me which one will love him most. He said, well, I suppose the one he forgave most. He says, you rightly judged. So you see this woman? He says, I came into your house in a kiss you didn't even give me. Feet, water to wash my feet, you didn't even do it. Or to anoint my head, you did nothing. He said, but this woman, she has not ceased to wash my feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair, to kiss my feet. He says, Simon, though her sins are many, they are forgiven. For whom love little, little is required. But they that have forgiven much, much is required. She gave her best. Don't mistake his silence. Amen. Because he hasn't showed up, don't mistake it. He's coming. His word is yea and amen. This is why the writer of Hebrews 6 says, Beloved, I am persuaded as better things of you, things that accompany salvation, don't we thus speak? For God is not unrighteous to get your work and labor of love, which you have shown unto the saints, and that you do minister. And we desire every one of you to show the same diligence unto the fullness of end. Because when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he got his promise. Amen. Waiting on God. Amen. But in the promise came. Don't mistake God's silence. Amen. He's just trying to give everybody a chance to live and not die. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to open the altars this morning. Amen. If if you feel like, amen, you need to pray a little bit this morning and talk to God. Amen. Praise God. God is not willing. Amen. Maybe you have thought about quitting. Maybe you feel despondent. Uh, maybe you feel a little low because it seemed like God hasn't uh, 
answer your prayer on your timeline. Well, I come to tell you today, he still knows. Amen. And I just want to encourage you today to, to connect back to him stronger. Get a hold of him and purpose in your heart. I'm going to wait upon God. I'm going to hold on. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says, oh, everyone that thirsts, come you to the waters. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Amen. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Amen. He goes on and says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Don't mistake his silence. Don't mistake, amen, his silence. Amen. He's coming. He's coming. And the wicked is going to know. Amen. But the righteous is going to be okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God.